0: where my handle is at Hitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 74, How Weather Affects Wild Turkeys with Preston Pittman. And I am your host, who has had a busy week in the turkey woods this week, Maybe I should expand on that a little bit and say a busy and successful week in the turkey woods this week. But I've got to get after it because we only have 37 days, 22 hours, 13 minutes, and 27 seconds left in Alabama's spring turkey hunting season. So got to get focused and get busy. So I've got a great show for you guys today. I have Preston Pittman on the show today, and we're going to talk about how weather affects wild turkeys. But before I get into that, I want to take just a minute to read a review from Jellybean 200923. And Jellybean says, entertaining and informative, five stars. Thanks for all your hard work and all the good guests you have on the show. Keeps me occupied until the season starts. Joe Chambers. Joe, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time to leave that very thoughtful and brief review on iTunes. It is extremely helpful. And I'd like to ask each and every one of you to do that. If you learn something from today's episode, and I know you will then please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and leave a five-star rating and a review. It really helps other hunters decide if they want to listen to this show. Okay, so I want to get into today's interview pretty quick because I'm excited about it. Over the past month, I bumped into Preston Pittman a couple of times at different events, and I wanted to get him back on the show because Preston not only makes great-sounding and good-looking turkey calls, and really good looking camo as well with the Longleaf Camo Company. But he's always more than happy to share his knowledge of turkeys and turkey hunting with us. The first time I had Preston on the show, we talked about how to care for turkey calls once turkey season is over. Although that was a very good topic to cover at the end of turkey season, it was not nearly as fun as talking about some hunting strategies or just about the birds that we love to hunt themselves. So Preston jumped at the chance to come on the show with me again and talk turkey when I asked him about doing another interview. I've had the idea of doing an episode about how weather affects wild turkeys and their behavior and since Preston thinks as much like a wild turkey as an actual turkey does, I knew he could cover the topic very well. So right now I want to go ahead and jump on into the interview with Preston and listen closely to the interview as you're going to learn info that will help you to kill more turkeys this coming turkey season. Okay, enjoy the interview, and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I'm excited to let you know that I have on the line with me today Preston Pittman with Pittman Game Calls, and I know All of you guys who listen to the show regularly already know who Preston is if you didn't know before you heard the Turkey Hunter podcast and heard him on that episode. But I'm glad to have him back on here because I'm going to get Preston talking to us about something that we have to deal with as turkey hunters every single spring that we hunt. And so we're going to get on into this. Preston, how are you today and where are you?
1: I am ready to get in the woods. I can tell you, it's how I am. And I am right now (laughs) going through Nashville, Tennessee, leaving Mark's Outdoors in Birmingham, Alabama, going into Kentucky to a sportsman's warehouse to do a show for them. So I am on the road today.
0: Good deal. Good deal. Well, I got to see you yesterday at Mark's Outdoors and appreciate you Agreeing to do another interview with me, and glad I got to see you yesterday, too. It was good catching up with you a little bit.
1: Hey, me also. Always a pleasure and a honor to be on your show, too.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, don't take a wrong turn now. I hear your GPS talking to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, she has a capacity to talk to me. I just can't argue with her. Kind of like most females, they always end up winning.
0: Well, yeah, she's, <laughs> I'll bet you she's right.
1: As normal. Just ask my
0: she'll you. Well, I'll promise you the GPS is not going to mess us up. I just hope you're able to listen to her at the same time and don't take a wrong turn. So,
1: oh, uh, not a problem. She'll always get me back on track. So let's let's rock and roll. What are we up to today?
0: Well, I want to talk a little bit about the weather, but before I do. I've got something that I've started doing since we did our first call, and I want to see if you want to play along with us. It's called the Rapid Fire Q&A, and what I have been doing is I've got a list of 30 questions sitting here in front of me, and I'll run through, ask you these 30 questions if you want to play along, and I will time you, and we will see... If you can beat the fastest time that anyone has gone through these 30 questions, and that is Mr. Rob Keck with 2 minutes and 33 seconds.
1: I will probably be in last place, but I'm I'm
0: game. I'm game for anything. Let's do it. Oh, shoot, man. I doubt you're going to be in last place. I have a feeling you're going to take this. I don't
1: know. I have a tendency to talk a little
0: too much. All right. Let's rock and roll with this. You ready?
1: Ready,
0: go. Okay. How many full-bodied turkey mounts do you own? One. How many turkeys did you kill last year? Three. Diaphragm, box, pot and peg, or wing bone?
1: Diaphragm.
0: Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried?
1: Fried.
0: Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat, with cola, or with water? Water. Number of grand slams? Number what? Grand slams. Oh,
1: shit. Uh, 10, 11, 12?
0: All right. The make of your turkey shotgun. Remington. The make of your favorite turkey shotgun shell. Shot. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yeah. Have you ever killed a Jake?
1: Yeah.
0: A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old turkey or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old?
1: A 4-year-old.
0: Favorite camo pattern. I know this one. Totally. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Dog. So- more or less than five strikers in your turkey vest?
1: Well,
0: There are 30 mile per hour winds blowing at home the last day of turkey season. Are you hunting or sleeping in?
1: I'm sleeping
0: in. state you killed your first turkey in?
1: State? I don't know the date, but I was nine years old.
0: No, the state you killed your first turkey in? Oh,
1: Mississippi.
0: The state you killed your last turkey in?
1: Tennessee.
0: Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger, or running gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Oceolas? Rios. Rios or Easterns?
1: Eastern.
0: Easterns or Merriams?
1: Merriams.
0: Public land out west or private land in the southeast?
1: God, private land. I'm an idiot.
0: <laughs> Two and three quarter inch, three inch, or three and a half inch shells? Three. Four, five, six or blended? Blended. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys?
1: Fields.
0: Pump or automatic? Pump. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads. Go. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots?
1: Rubber.
0: You roost a bird this afternoon and it's pouring rain at daylight in the morning. Do you hunt? Yep. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Home.
1: Oh,
0: it's at 2 minutes and 53.13 seconds. That's pretty dang good.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: That, that puts you, well, you thought you were going to finish last, but it puts you about, oh, I'm going to guess, fourth or fifth? Okay,
1: true. Yeah,
0: I mean, Rob. When Rob beat everybody, Rob absolutely just slaughtered him by 20 seconds. <laughs> so even though he's lived in the South for what 30, 35 years, he's still a he's still a fast talking Yankee.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I think he's got a, he's got a little redneck still mixed in with
0: him. He did oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Well. Let's jump on in. You know, my, my next question that I have for you is tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first got into turkey hunting.
1: You know, I, I always kick and say I was hatched on November 28th of 1953. But I'd like to be a little bit serious this time and just say I was a very fortunate person that I had a mother and a father that loved God's greatest creation, which is the outdoors, and introduced me to the outdoors. Well, they tell the story that when I was a few months old, that they flipped the water snake out of apple Creek, that I was, that my mama had me in on the banks of uh, Black Creek Kitchen Red Cell. So I, I've always, I've been, I've been a blessed person. I've always been in the outdoors, okay, always. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to go back and give, you know, my mom and my dad credit. in introducing me, uh, even though my dad was not a turkey hunter, they still took me places. Like my first calling contest was in Carthage, Mississippi. Went to it when I was 12, 13 years old. Fell in love with a gentleman by the name of Jack Dudley. and He's still my hero. He didn't know now, but always lived in my mind and my heart. And went back when I was 16 and won the state championship. That's what began my career.
0: Man, that's something else. At age 16, you won the state championship in Mississippi. Yeah, Uh
1: uh-huh.
0: That's pretty dang impressive.
1: I think it was about... About 19 or 20 when I won my first national title, that was up in Yellville, Arkansas, the old original national championship before there was was uh, even a, a,
0: an NWTF. Yeah, that's pretty neat. You know, I consider myself to be pretty fortunate to be able to turkey hunt almost any time that I want to. And, you know, if the weather's going to be bad tomorrow morning, I can sleep in and just hunt day after tomorrow and not really worry about it you know, missing a day, but not everybody's as fortunate as I am, and not everybody has that flexibility, whether it's work or family constraints or just the limitations of having a short season like Indiana or Michigan. So I want to talk to you about the effect that certain weather conditions have on wild turkeys and how the knowledge of that can help us to kill more turkeys. And so... One of the things I want to do, because I know you've hunted a lot of the different subspecies, is maybe throw something in, you know, if we're talking about rain, for example, or, or I'll tell you what, if we're talking about snow, you know, it's not very often that we're going to hunt rios in snow, but it, it can happen in, in Kansas and Oklahoma. but we know we're not going to have to deal with osceolas and snow, but I do want to just kind of touch on your thoughts and your observations on how different weather affects the different subspecies a little bit here and there, too, because they're not all going to react the same. If snow's not going to affect the Merriams, anything like it's going to affect an eastern wild turkey in Alabama or Mississippi.
1: Or even so, upstate New York.
0: Right. That's right. I
1: have, so, I have experience with that.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm wanting to do. Today, and what I I guess let's start first with something we all have to deal with no matter where we are, and that's rain. So, how does right. rain affect wild turkeys? And what are, are there any strategies that we can employ on rainy days that might help us to have more success on those days? Well,
1: there's an age old philosophy that has been talked about an awful lot, and it goes like this on a rainy day. Now, I'm not talking about a thunderstorm. I'm not talking about where right. it's, it's lightning and thundering and 50 mile an hour wind. Although I have had turkeys gobbling in that and birds and that kind of stuff. But let's just talk about a good slow rain, a steady rain. We'll call it a normal rainy day. Your openings yeah. and clearings, your pastures, your pipelines, your old house places, places like that, during the rain and immediately after the rain. Are always some very key, key places. And a lot of the reason I think that that is, is he has that sense of security because of the raindrops hitting on the leaves and the, the foliage and everything. That if he's in some type of an opening or a clearing, that he has that sense of security that he can see a predication. Because obviously his hearing has been dulled by the raindrops falling. And then right. there's the old philosophy that it is overturning drugs and so on and so forth. And you know the him is going to go out there and pick, even though he's thinking about a strict degree. And who do you think he's going to follow? He's going to follow mama. He's going to follow his girlfriend. So okay. opening sequences are always a good place. I'm going to put a buck in here, though, okay? Okay. But let's change that. And let's now put a very, very high wind factor into it. Okay. So many times, still, if it's black ground, the so opening and clearing are a good spot to go to. but if you have some type of, some simple, hill-type country, so where there's hills and hollows, so many times, guess where those birds will be at? They will be down in the hollow, so where right. the wind is being knocked off by the hillside. And that's something that hasn't been talked about or hasn't been brought out that much, but it's basically the same thing. It gets is helping his hearing as much as he possibly can so deep into the hollows openings and clearings and fields, those are going to be the places i'm going to get to their high wind slash type
0: okay so let me let me ask you this then does it make a difference to you early season or late season it's a rainy day and there's no foliage in the leaves, are the turkeys still likely to come out in the openings on those rainy days? I'm about to ask you, depends on how much property you, you got to hunt, but are you just going to park it at an area where you know turkeys are, are frequenting, or are you going to move around and check fields from here to there pretty slowly and try to work out in front of some birds at that point?
1: You're, you're definitely right. It does depend on the amount of acreage that I have permission to be able to hunt. Of course, if I've got more acreage, more fields, more power lines, more pipe lines, then I going to ease around a look. Okay, I am a conservative, aggressive hunter. I know that contradicts itself, but I like to make contact with the birds, whether it be through vocalization or whether it be through eyesight. That's just my habit. So if I can move from spot to top and visually be looking, also be listening, you know, for that telltale gobble, you know, that thunder that might be way off in the background, a phone call, a locator site call, whatever it may be, to get in the ground off, and I'm gonna be going from spot to spot. But, but one thing I'm gonna throw in here, that's a little bit off of your question, but still I, I think needs to be said, and it kind of goes like this: If on given conditions on a given day, and you only have two, three, four hundred acres to hunt, go back through the years. That you have hunted that tract of land and through the conditions that are happening on that particular day, and match it up to a, either a successful hunt or a successful spotting of a bird, and you already know where you need to be at. Exactly. And that's well, what a lot of people don't do. Young man that works for me, uh, he's in his twigs, he's gone, been going every morning listening to turkeys, and finally I looked at him, I said, why are you going back and listening to the same person? I said, Is this not places that you have always heard, Well, yes, sir, it sure is. I said, Are they doing the same thing they've been doing for years and years that you've been hunting? Well, yes, sir. I said then quit. Go find you some more birds. They're there where they're supposed to be. They're gonna be doing what they're supposed to be. Why not expand your knowledge a little bit more and reach out and try to find some more
0: birds? I think that is fantastic yeah. advice. That- you've hit the nail on the head, and I've noticed it on our hunting property as well. You know, I've hunted this same piece of property now for almost 25 years, and I can count on two hands now out of what used to be 2,000 acres, and now we've lost some of it. We're down to 1,000 acres, but what used to be 2,000 acres, I can count on two hands the number of turkeys that have been killed away from the pond that's on that piece of property. and all the other turkeys that have been killed on that place have been killed within a quarter to a half mile of that pond. So if I'm going to be looking for turkeys, guess where I'm going first.
1: Well, so, it's a lot, that's right. What a lot of people don't think about. Now, there's always the factors that come in. They come in, they stand the woods, they clear-cut the woods. Somebody right. comes in an outlaw and just murders and everything. You know, All those factors come into it. But, but a turkey is just like every other creature that, that God has created. I'm not saying they have the ability to think. Y'all don't take me wrong in this. But we all, in everything, have the ability to be able to pass traits down. How did you and I learn? We learned from my mother, our father, our aunt, our uncle, grandmama, grandma, my granddaddy, our teachers, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Well, good chance of animals doing the same thing. That's exactly I mean, right. How many deer hunters go to the same ridge every year because there's always a spray fly there? And they always kill there. Don't they think that that young buck is?
0: have for you is one that you already mentioned and you mentioned high winds. I and I do too. I do too. And then you get down in the you want to get down in these low lying areas in these hollows, and that's where the birds are going to be. But are there any other places where we might locate turkeys on a very windy day and what would our strategy be to fill a tag on a day like that?
1: That is a day that I normally do want I fit into the spectrum, okay? You know, I mentioned something about a killing tree. There's always yeah. that spot that at 10 o'clock in the morning, I always seem to find birds close to this big oak tree or pine tree or whatever it may be. Over the years, I've harvested a half a dozen, eight, ten birds, whatever it may be, by this tree. Guess where I'm headed to?
2: Yeah. I'm
1: headed to that tree. There's always a place that as I'm walking out middle of the season, Mississippi was fortunately not. hunt not a
0: call but a hunt mm-hmm. what about the areas where the wind always blows i mean a normal day in oklahoma or kansas if the wind's not blowing 25 miles an hour then 20-25 miles an hour and something's wrong so i mean if you're hunting an area that normally has very high winds in the springtime is that going to
1: it does really affect them as much it really does not Texas is a perfect example. Oklahoma is a perfect example. It's a different species, too. It's a real grand. And it just does not seem to affect those birds. A little tip: watch downwind, watch stitching in the back door. and you happen to have heard a bird, you know, out front of you, and the wind's coming from him to you,
2: you better right. be uh,
1: aware of what's going on downwind of you because the wind is carrying your sound a lot further. That goes back to another thing that that in any hunting situation, I try to see as much as I can with my ear. I'm 62 years old. Right now, my hearing is still pretty darn good for a 62-year-old man. I can promise you, if the hearing starts going, I'm going to a doctor. We're going to have that fixed. I can tell you more with what I hear. Then those faint little little, 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 end of a gobble, which is all you can hear sometimes, a high-wind type situation. You really mm-hmm. have to concentrate. You really have to listen. You really have to key in on it. But like I said, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, that's a that's a normal everyday thing. And you want on a destiny much as it, it does, let's just say a Mississippi Alabama bird. And and I have to go back and say this. But I'm going to quote a, poor, a uh, very famous Alabamian, okay? Mr. Ben Rogers Lee. And it used to go like this. Son, that old boy, he's waiting a whole year to have a girlfriend. Now, if you waited a whole year to have a girlfriend, how would you be? I don't give a damn. If it's lightning, thunder, wind blowing, or whatever, I'm going to go find her, aren't you? <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's very true.
1: That's your, your close from me. So,
2: that...
1: if it's not going, it's not going to harvest a bird. We'll point right that out and some you might be a little more fortunate. I tell you, now that
0: this lightning and
1: thundering and wind blowing 30, 40 miles an hour, I sleep. Make no bones about it.
0: Right. I'm not that prepared. I like a pretty day. Yep, I'm with you on that. Those windy days are, man, they sure are tough. They'll keep me inside, and I don't miss but maybe two or three or four days out of a season, but they will flat keep me inside. Unless I'm out of state on a hunt where I only have a few days to hunt and then I'm hunting it doesn't matter what's going like, on the only thing to keep me in is a tornado or lightning real close to where we are.
1: I'm about the same way. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, well then let's go and talk about some of these days that we have a few of every year in Mississippi and Alabama and that's these 90 degree plus days. What is that extreme heat in the springtime do to alter a turkey's normal behavior?
1: You know, here, here, here's the way I tell people all that. Go where you're comfortable at. Here's your perfect example. It's 92 degrees. It's getting late up into the year. Most of the hens have already started to but there's still some of the younger hens that are susceptible to being bred. I remember a little creek 500 yards through the woods got a pretty little sandbar on it. It might not be but four feet wide, but the creek is always flowing. You know, every time I walk down to that creek, it drops at least 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. Where would you be more comfortable? You'd be more comfortable down by that creek. So, yeah. this is what I tell people. And you can apply it to your whiffy. You can apply it to your days also. Where would I feel more comfortable and where would I feel more safe at? So, so many times, moving water is almost like a, a magnet, because you're going to drop 5, 10, 15 degrees. Usually on a creek, you're going to have hardwood, which is going to have more of a catcher, which is going to create more of a shade. So wherever mm-hmm. you would feel better at, you will be.
0: Okay. So... In the south, those pine plantations are a good spot to be if it's real shady and down in a hardwood bottom where there's some water, a little bit cooler area, something like that's a good spot to be.
1: Let's say you had a pine tree plantation but yet they left some windrows of hardwood that had a, a little ditch with a trickling little stream. You're going to drop at least five degrees, ten degrees, if you'll go where that little creek. There.
0: Okay. That is also something that You know, I I try to tell people is I really don't think a turkey is all that much different than we are. Exactly. We don't we don't want to be out in the wind. We don't want to be out in the heat, and they don't either. They want to be where they're comfortable. And so, you
1: know, that's a wonderful analogy. It really is, and you can even take it a step further than that. You can take it to the step of the language. You know how we how we communicate.
2: We communicate
1: mm-hmm. with questions. We communicate with rhythm. You know, we can whisper little sweet supplements into our girlfriend or our wife's tears. They only have one of us, by the way. <laughs> 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 you can get excited. You can be lost. And it's all in the inflection that you put into your voice. Well, it's exactly the same way. Everybody out there listening this already knows everything they need to know about Turkey calling. They already know it; they just don't realize. Because they can speak human language, and you're correct. It's being deer or whatever. Do you pick on anything you want to? We all have a lot of traits. Now I don't want people to freak out and think I'm saying that animals have brains; that can reason and thought stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just like hot weather. What color you feel comfortable at. You know, there he is, full Bullfret. Uh, north of uh, Tennessee, on the side of the road. I'm looking at it. Uh, five, or, five or six hands with it. I like Heck that. Yeah. Uh Where was I? I? I just said, I told you I'd be a turkey neck in bed now.
2: Uh, <laughs> you did. You
1: did. A lot of times, if you'll kind of think about yourself, and what would make you happy, and how you're trying to express yourself, and where you would want to be in a particular type of condition, You just answer your own question. You just answer where you need to be, what you need to do, how much you need to call, how fast you need to call, how strong you need to call, how quiet you need to call. Do I need to move? Do I not need to move? Think about it a little bit, and you already have your answer.
0: Yeah. So in areas where having those ninety-plus degree days during turkey seasons not all that uncommon. Again, we're going to go to Texas and. Arizona and places like that. Well, I guess Arizona is a little bit different because you're gonna be in the mountains, but Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas is still hit those 90 degree days. And, you're, and we're talking about Rio's. Any different there? Or you think it's the exact same as it is for the eastern for us?
1: It's the exact same thing as the eastern is. I will put a how do you say a memo in here. Okay. So many times up here in the middle of the day, let's say 11. But going back to exactly what I said, I want to be comfortable. I used to do a lot of hunting in Shamrock, Wheeler, Texas, and it mm-hmm. seemed like up there in the middle of the day when it was hitting those 90-plus degree weather, those birds would go get up underneath what we call the shinnery or shinno, and they would lay down and dust so get in the shade. And when it started cooling back down, they got more breeding activity going on. But guess what? I would do the same thing. If it was 92, 96, 95, beat down on my black feathers, heck yeah, I'd back up against uh, if audience. That's all I had was to back up uh, underneath a little short oak tree, throw a little bit of dust on me, and sit up for a couple hours. That's what I did too.
0: Yeah. Same thing. You know, one of my favorite books is Joe Hutto's Illumination in the Flatwoods. And the very first time I read that book, and he talked about that the turkeys had an area where they would go to where they liked to loaf, that they felt really comfortable, and it was just a beautiful spot in the woods, and that really kind of opened my eyes, and I got to thinking. I said, you know what? He's right. Yep. I think about the areas that I hunt in, in those areas where it's a little bit cooler up in midday, it's a real pretty spot where it's kind of open, and, and you can see around. There's always turkeys there. and. Yep. I think if people can find spots like that on their hunting property, they can do some good.
1: Well, and you know, a lot of times you might have that low spot. I had a guy mark yesterday. He said, I only got 110, 120 acres to hunt. You know, most of the time the birds are over on the other guy's property. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes in the afternoon they end up over there on me. And I'm going, okay, let's with them in the morning time and just them in the afternoon when well, you know where right. they're going to be in. So even a small track of land I've had people go you know come in and say, Man, I see sign there, I see sign there but I go listen and there's nothing gobbling, nothing going on. I come back four or five days later and the government tracks and truck marks everywhere. They're just not roosting on you, but they're ending up right there. Or just like what you guys do say it, you got the low spot and I yeah. think a lot of people will miss a lot of times over so small tracks of land because they don't count it from the perspective that this might be a 10 o'clock in the morning spot or this might be a 12 hit day spot or it might be a 4 o'clock in the afternoon spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I hope people are listening to this because it answers yep. a lot of questions of I see tracks I see sign, but I don't see any birds and you're limiting your own self expand your knowledge a little bit more with different times
0: of the day. Yeah, and use those game cameras. That's the best scouting tool that we have when we can't be in the woods 24 hours a day.
1: Yep. Excellent, excellent idea. Very much
0: so. All right, so let's flip the table a little bit and talk about snow. So how do you think snow affects a turkey's behavior, whether it's a eastern wild turkey in Alabama or Mississippi or an eastern wild turkey in New York State? What do you think we need I to be doing this?
1: Okay, I do have very limited experience with snow, Just a few times. But I'm going to go back to those. The few times that I've seen it snow in Mississippi during turkey season, it's almost like they're going, what in the heck is that crap followed our staff? They come out, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, shut them, and shut them out. But that's only been like twice in 62 years, okay? So that's not a whole lot of experience. South Dakota, I have taken birds in snow bikes. I mean, literally, uh, struck from one snow spot to another snow spot with a little bit of bare ground in between. Uh, where I went, where the snow was probably in the six, eight, twelve inch, between a half a foot, a foot deep, and birds were struck. And we're traveling a whole lot but they were struck. So I think in the states where they are used to it, during that time of the year, I don't think it's as big a factor. Now I'm going to jump up to upstate New York. I used to hunt public land upstate New York a lot, and I do in a lot. Mm-hmm. And there have been
2: three
1: or four different times when I've been up there turkey hunting right there in springtime, and it starts snowing. During the snow, when it was actually, we got. Cops out there a couple different times, all the way from the beach on the back side of the mountain. The turkeys shut down, flat out during the snow, flat out, shut down. If it was a light snow and not a real heavy snow, or did not last for a long time, within hours, they were cranked back up. There was one time, though, that I was in upstate New York. And it came a snowstorm. I'm talking about it probably covered the ground with about four inches of snow. Mm-hmm. Two days later before the turkey started gobbling,
2: It wow.
1: shut them down. Flat out shut them down. And I had been listening to birds before that, so I know I was in a very turkey-rich area. I know, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the snow, so I can't give a whole lot of advice.
0: Few times, so I've been yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I, I can think of one time that I've been turkey hunting in a ha- and have it snow during turkey season, and it did. It just flat shut them down. They they didn't gobble for two or three days. Then something very similar to what you're talking about, I was hunting in Nebraska. The first time I went up there to Nebraska, and we hunted one morning, and the wind was blowing 20 miles an hour, and it was snowing sideways, and it was nasty, and you couldn't see 50, 75 yards in front of you, and the turkeys were hammering it. I mean, gobbling like crazy. 10, 15 turkeys just tearing it up. And we had two guys that had not killed birds at that point, and they both missed that morning. But, but is, yeah.
1: That, that shot, the wind was blowing a shot
0: away from them. I know that. It is. Oh, I'm yeah, really- well. I know better to believe that excuse too. <laughs> yeah.
1: We are all, as a turkey hunter, you always try to figure out what is the reason for this, what is the reason for that, why on one bluebird day with the bear pressure at 29.6 and on the rise with five mile an hour easterly wind, and you come back two days later, the conditions are exactly the same because I used to keep records on everything. And the birds were gobbling their heads off, and now today they're not doing nothing they're there. I
0: have
1: no explanation for that. Right. As in some things, uh-huh. like what you were describing on. I've been out there, been traveling for, and it's a lightning and thundering and 35-an-hour wind, and you tell me why are you still out of here and me trying to get back to the truck, and the truck could be gobbling his full head off, almost run into uh-huh. it. It's yep. like each individual bird has got his reason why he is doing it. Why do some guys like brunette? Some guys like Fox? Why do some like redhead? And vice versa, from female to male?
2: Because,
1: yeah. because as my grand young is saying now, that's why. Because that's right. I, don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever figure all this out because I've put a lifetime into it and I still keep asking. My own self, hoping that one day I'm gonna find some type of a key that will unlock some of these deep secrets. Maybe that's the reason why we go so much. Maybe that's the reason why I love it so much. Because I don't think you can ever answer all the questions that other makes you place for
0: you. Yeah, I don't know that I want to know. I have fun trying to figure stuff out, but if I do figure that one out, then I'm gonna cut back on my days that I go hunting. That may not be as much fun There you go. well this is normally the part of the interview where i would ask you to tell the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt but since you and i spoke at the end of may last year i already know about your most recent successful turkey hunt so i want to ask you a different question what? all right years ago when i first started turkey hunting and i learned how to turkey hunt basically on my own i didn't have anybody to teach me how to do it. My dad taught me how to hunt everything else in the world, but in the springtime he was working. And so we didn't turkey hunt growing up. So all right, so I learned how to turkey hunt the hard way from the turkeys and it took me a lot of years to where I got to where I was consistently killing turkey. And along that period of time of years when I was cutting my teeth in the sport, I had somebody give me two pieces of advice Really turned the tables for me. And one of them was when you're moving on a turkey, moving towards a turkey, this goblin, to set up, and you get to that tree that you think this is as far as I can go, go one tree closer. That one tip for me was huge. Another one that was huge for me was learning to put more motion into my calling because when I was first learning how to hunt, I would just go out and I would just, and the same old thing over and over and over again. And, you know, one of my hunting buddies that had been hunting a little bit, well, actually a lot more than I had said, you think about it. If you had a woman call you on the phone and she just, everything she said all sounded the same, you'd probably have a hard time getting excited. But you need to add some emotion to your calling, and you'll get a lot more response out of turkeys if you do that. So, you know, putting some emotion into my calling was another one of those keys that really helped me to have more success in the woods. So I want to ask you to name one or two tactics that really helped you to turn the tide during your early years of turkey hunting. If
1: there was two things that I could advise somebody to really turn the tide on them and by the way, a compliment, whoever your mentor was that gave you those two tricks because they two very, very valid tips for anybody who is listening out there. Yeah. Here's you two more. Oh.
2: One,
1: learn how to become a part of Mother Nature. You are the intruder into his home, into her home, into their backyard. Mm-hmm. Learn to become a part of Mother Nature and blend and don't stand out how you move through the woods, how you treat the woods, and everything that goes along with that. It's his home. It's his backyard. So treat it as such. If you came into your home and all of a sudden your wife is moved, your favorite chair to a completely different part of the house, you're probably going to sit down and not even think about it and bust your rear end or you're going to start busting. So become a part of Mother nature.
2: Yeah.
1: And this is the most important thing that I could ever say to any would-be turkey hunter. Learn to see with your ears.
2: Your ears
1: are telling you everything that is going on. If you will just pay attention to it. All animals communicate with each other in some way. And all other animals understand that communication. Here is an illustration for you. If you're walking through the woods with your buddy and the Jewish before season, and you're pre-scouting and you're shooting the ball and talking and everything else, number one, you have disturbed his home. Number two, now that white tailed deer that you just busted that went. Bow, 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 bow. Don't you think that turkey understands and knows what that means? Absolutely. Don't you think that whenever you hear those crows hollering up on top of the hill, well, that pasture is out, and nothing is gobbling the house. Today i all, those crows are telling me there's a good, solid chance that there's a turkey up there. Don't you mm-hmm. think when that cat squirrel jumps up on the side of the tree, when that old diver has been hammered out there and he's been quiet for 15 minutes and you don't know if he's coming or going, and that blue jay, that squirrel, that red bird, that whatever it may be, starts chattering or starts barking like a squirrel bark. That squirrel's telling me that turkey is slipping in on me. So, listen
0: with your ears, and it will tell you so much of what is going on. I think those two pieces of excellent advice, I really do. That I think one of the problems that we have as turkey hunters is we get so hung up on the term "run and gun," and I'm going to tell you, I kill more turkeys by just stopping, looking, and listening than I do by running and gunning.
1: Can I make and, everybody mad at me and save my heart?
0: Absolutely. Huh? Yeah.
1: We're watching so damn much TV.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It always
1: happens that way. Look, I shoot TV. I, I'm a guest other people's show. You're seeing what could be a two-day hunt in a 22 minutes because that's what yeah. you've got to look at in 22 minutes on a 30-minute show. You don't you're see right. everything that goes on. And how many birds are you seeing harvest in the deep south? How many birds do you see on TV killed in Alabama? How many birds do you see killed in Mississippi? Not that many. We're going after the two-year-old birds, which are a turkey bird. So the yep. a two-year-olds are hard. They go no it. Oh, we're Tell going to areas you. where birds have not been pressured and not been hunted that hard. So it's not all like what you see on TV. I have thought to anybody who does videography work, because it is a tough, tough job. It really is. But yeah. you're not seeing the whole picture. We not easy the whole one. We can't do yeah. it. It's yeah. not that easy. Patient, persistence, and positioning. There's your three Ps right
0: there. Yeah, I, think you, I think you pretty much summed up killing turkeys with three Ps. There
1: you go. It'll work every time.
0: No doubt about it. Yeah, I'll tell you a real quick story on about a hunt I was on in Kentucky. I was the last one out of our group to squeeze the trigger. And when you're on a trip with, at that time, I think there were six or seven of us there, and you're the guy that has not squeezed the trigger on a bird. Everybody else has. There is a lot of pressure on you. Oh, you're going
1: to make every mistake you can make.
0: Well, and I'll tell you what I did. I got my buddy John. I said, let's get in the truck, and I want you to drive me down to this area. Well, we'd been seeing turkeys in this area every day that we were there, and we would see the turkeys there and just basically bump them with the truck a little bit. They would ease off back up the hill, and then, you know, an hour, two two hours later, they'd come back down the hill into the draw where the field was planted. There was a food plot planted there. So I said, I want you to drive me down to this spot, but here's the deal. When we get about 300 yards from it, I want you to let me out, and I want you to turn around and go back to the camp the way you came, and I want you to hang on to your cell phone. He said, Okay. So he drives me down there, drops me off, and all I did was I walked down that road as far as I could see to the next bend in the road, and I stopped, and I stood there for 5, 10, 15 minutes, and I just listened, and after I would listened for a little bit, I'd get my binoculars, and I'd crouch down close to the ground, and I would ease out around the curve in that road, and I would glass down that road and look for, for any kind of turkey at all in the field or in the road or anything and if I didn't see one up ahead and I didn't hear one I would come on around the bend in the road and I'd walk down to the next bend and I'd stop and I'd listen and I would put my binoculars up and I'd ease around the curve in the road I did that twice and I get to a bend in the road and I hear go. and I just eased off the side of the road about 15 feet, and I sat down, and I went, and he came, popped his head around the curve in the road, and I squeezed the trigger, called my buddy John, I said, come pick me up, it's done.
1: <laughs> and you saw him with what?
0: Your ears. With my ears. That is exactly right. But if we'll slow yes, down yes, and hunt, yes,
1: yes, 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 yes.
0: yeah, makes a big difference. Priceless. And I hope that somebody listening to the call is taking good notes and is going to put this stuff to use here in the next two or three or four weeks, or for me and you, three or four or five days. All right, so before I cut you loose and let you get back to your ride to Kentucky in the quiet, share with us what's going on at Pittman Game Calls and Longleaf Camo. Well,
1: I'm pretty excited. Longleaf Camo, we have the new patterns that will be coming out for this fall. So everybody can be looking. One called Timber Break. That will be our new deer slash turkey pattern. Carbo will be our new duck pattern. They'll also be available this fall. Then the calls this spring has released some new products. I come back with a copy call, a tube call, a long box call, and I've got a little novelty that is a liquid dispensing 24 inch call box call that looks like a turkey call but you can put your favorite beverage in it nicely be later in the grade. So I'm working on some of that kind of stuff. Because I've got just a second of the listeners that are out there. In April, I am putting on a spoon in Mississippi.
0: Turkey hunting, they're going to be hard pressed to find somebody out there that can share as much information with them as you can, and then they get to hunt with you. That's even better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, just we to learn hunt. from you is something.
1: Well, we're going hunting hunting, and you won't be buying any turkey cows with camouflage for a long
0: time. <laughs> Good deal. Well, Preston's giving you guys the information to get in touch with him if y'all are interested in doing that, and I wouldn't hesitate for a second. If you've got the money and you've got the desire, I would be hitting Preston up pretty quick for that before those two slots get gone. I think it's a rare opportunity to hunt with somebody that's as knowledgeable as he is. So,
1: I've never Preston, done before. Okay, this will be the first.
0: There you go. You, you can say you've been, you were one of the first ones to do it.
1: There you go.
0: Hard to get any better than that. Well, thank you, Preston. I appreciate you taking time out of your ride to Kentucky when I'm sure you could have been on the phone with a sporting goods store or something like that instead and you'd take the time to share some knowledge with us and get us edumacated a little bit more about turkeys and turkey hunting. That was much appreciated.
1: Uh, I appreciate the opportunity and I always look forward to visiting with you. Call
0: me anytime, anytime. Alright, fantastic. Well, good luck to you this spring. I hope you slay several of them and I'll be looking to Hopefully see some pictures from you. Maybe you'll email me a picture or two here and there.
1: That'll work. Uh, my final right. message to everybody is, kids, get, get your education. Go to work for a small business man or a small business woman before you get out of college. Understand that garbage cans and floors have to you didn't swim. Then go get your education and understand that all jobs are important. Complete have a safe season.
0: There we go. That's a way to finish on a good note. Hard to beat that. Preston, thank you again. Travel safe, and we'll talk again soon. All
1: right, buddy. Take care.
0: Bye-bye. All right. Goodbye. Okay. I hope that you got as much out of that interview as I did. I always enjoy chatting with Preston, whether it's at a show or for this show. He's full of those tips and hints like the ones he gave at the end of the interview. And I'm always game to learn a new strategy or tactic that can help me fill a tag. And I want to just add my two cents onto what he had to say about looking with your ears. In fact, that is my turkey tip for today. And I'm going to expand on it a little bit. We're eight days into spring turkey season in Alabama. And the birds are pretty hend up right now. But killing a gobbler in early season takes some hunting skills, some patience, and time in the woods. So the tip is to slow down. Take your time. Walk slow. Walk quietly. Talk quietly. Glass the roads and the fields ahead of you. Stop, look, and listen. In fact, take time to smell the roses. Literally. If you see something that's interesting to you in the woods, stop and take a look at it. If it's a coyote skull or a flower you haven't ever seen before, stop and take a look at it and keep your ears and your eyes open. The gobblers are hand up in early season, but they are still killable. And I know this to be true because I've killed two since you last heard from me. And I killed them by being in an area that turkeys were using And by paying attention and enjoying springtime in the woods. And springtime in the woods is one of those things that makes turkey hunting so special. I was not in a hurry to go anywhere. I had nowhere to go but in the woods. And what Preston said in the interview about TV ruining turkey hunting, because we think we have to be on the go and be on the go and be on the go and stop here and call and then run to the next spot and call and then run to the next spot and call. That is true. So slow down, enjoy the hunt, enjoy all that Mother Nature is giving us to enjoy in the springtime, and keep your eyes and ears open, and you will hear turkeys scratching in the leaves. You will hear them gobble off in the distance when you would not have heard them if you were walking through the leaves. You will see turkeys up ahead of you moving through the woods before they actually see you. Because you're not on a run to get to the next spot to stop and call. So doing that will help you to have more success and kill more turkeys. It worked for me. And if I can kill a turkey doing it, I know you can kill a turkey doing it. Slow down, pay attention, eyes and ears open. Okay, so speaking of keeping your eyes and ears open, I'd like for you guys to keep your eyes and ears open for a couple of exciting announcements that will be coming up from me soon. Last week I shared with you that I started a new closed Facebook group called Spurred and that those of you who wanted to join would get access to like-minded turkey hunters of all experience levels, recordings of my hunts from this season, and exclusive content and interviews with turkey hunting pros. Well, I've actually put Spurred on hold because I'm going to change the format of how I deliver that content to you guys. And I'll share that information with you soon, hopefully next week. And now for those of you who have already contacted me regarding Spurred, sit tight because I'll have something for you soon. And you'll be the first to know what it is. I'll actually email you and let you know what it is. All right, so that's all that I have for you guys this week. But before I cut you loose, I need your help with a few things, please. Number one, please like forward and share this episode on social media. Number two, please tell a friend or family member about the show. Word of mouth is great advertising for the show and if you're learning something from the show, give back to the show by spreading the word at least to your hunting buddies or your family members that like to turkey hunt or just like to hunt period. Number three, please subscribe to the show. Subscribing is free and when you do it, it'll make sure you are notified as soon as a new show is uploaded. Number four. Be sure to tune in next week. Where I'll be speaking with Brandon Jacob. Who is a turkey hunter with a hiking problem. This guy is going to hike the Appalachian Trail. In an effort to raise money for the NWTF. And for restocking wild turkeys in East Texas. It's a really cool guy. And a really cool interview. So I think that you'll find it pretty interesting. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices, and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com